Welcome to the Odd Opinions Podcast. Welcome back to the Odd Opinions Podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be we're going to be talking about school and the education system as a whole. Um, the first thing we would like to speak about is kind of what what it like what school actually means. So, Cameron, you want to start us off with your definition or lack of definition? Lack of definition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, school. School, 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 school. You know, I didn't even introduce us, so let's let's try that. Right. <laughs> I'm Nathan. Yeah, Nathan Cameron. I'm, I'm the one oh. you really need to know. Well, oh, I like how you put the crickets no, out I'm, when I'm, my name came. I up. meant to do this one. <laughs> you meant to do this. Oh, yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> and and Gareth, yeah. Gareth's here as well. Hello, and I'm right? And I'm so, Cameron Lopez. I said your name, Cameron. <laughs> oh. I didn't leave you out. Oh, Come on, God. man. You're the only one he did introduce. I did. <laughs> I know, right? special uh, yeah me and nathan were talking about school and education hey don't bring me into this hey hey hey, hey you're mm. here you're in this <laughs> <laughs> so uh school would be like i wanted to keep it at what, what were we saying <laughs> adolescence how would you define school. what school is is I, it a location is it a group of people what is being taught what is school to you institutionalized school bringing an adolescent from five years old to 18 years old for like giving them a standardized developmental course to get them from a to z okay so how does homeschool fall into this definition i mean you still have to have that standardization of the material you can't come up with course material on your own you'd have to go and buy a program to follow you know i mean i guess you could but most most parents can't no, I think there's a requirement for a homeschooled person for the credits to actually be applied towards college education. Yeah. Uh, they have to follow some sort of a curriculum. Yeah. Another thing with homeschooling is that I think one of the things that school teaches kids is uh, interpersonal skills. Absolutely. So with homeschooling, you would have to supplement with like uh, extracurricular activity, like sports or. They actually have groups. Of homeschooler groups that you can get together with that use the same material, so that mm-hmm. they're still getting that extracurricular enrichment and contact with kids mm-hmm. their age. Yeah, there's actually some uh, sports leagues now in our area for homeschooled kids. There, uh, my brother, at, while we're recording this, is at a uh, football game where a couple of his friends who are homeschooled are playing in a football game right now. So yeah. that's really cool. I think that's good for the. Like you said, the interpersonal. Yeah. I would see that there's a benefit there. Yeah. It's just, it's really hard to do. I was thinking about doing it for my daughter. Uh, and it's just, it's hard to find a material because you're going to have to comb through all the different programs they have and find which one that you like. You're going to have to have someone to be at home with them to do the schooling. Yeah. And it really does. I think it boils down to how much time and effort that you are capable of putting into it <laughs> what are you uh, laughing yeah. about over there i just i stopped mid-sentence because i had to burp oh. yeah, yeah yeah well by all means continue 
Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, you finish your thought. Well, I mean, homeschooling, it requires somebody to be home, but it also requires you to set up all the extracurriculars, to buy the materials, mm-hmm. to learn the material yourself, so that if your child needs help, you can actually help them a little bit. That's basically what um, I was going to say. It's just it's a lot of effort. To, yeah, and to it's year-round most of the time. A lot of homeschoolers don't stop. They just keep going. There's no summer vacation, because anywhere you go, homeschool goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what the parent is wanting to homeschool their kids mm-hmm. for, right, is they want that direct involvement with the their child's education yeah one of the other things i like about school is that it puts them in an uncomfortable environment everyone no one remembers their first day of school so like public school yeah even private school just you know going into the school building with a whole bunch of other kids and teachers and like they already have this anxiety because they've learned about school going up to it and then you're kind of forcing them into that arena yeah i think it's good for them and but with homeschooling they're just always comfortable at home with the parents or with the tutor, whoever you, hopefully, whoever you, have. hopefully your kid's comfortable with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is also a lot of like public school. There's a lot of opportunity for negative things as well, like bullying or, you know, getting caught up in different kind of cliques or influenced by kids who maybe have a different upbringing that are getting involved in some things that are not necessarily so great. Yeah. But see, you're listening I don't think to there's also positives on the other side of that as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even see those things as bad. I agree. As, bad, as ultimately bad things. They're probably bad in the moment, and that kid should probably be in a better situation. Like the one that's bullying other people. There's obviously something wrong with him. Yeah, but, and that's that's the yeah. biggest thing. is It's yeah. almost like a teaching opportunity as a parent. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can teach your kids that if you're getting bullied, it's nothing wrong with you. It's something wrong with the person bullying you most of the time. It has nothing to do with most of the time. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their insecurities. It's their problem. It's hard to communicate. And it's really hard to communicate it to a kid. But if you can say that kid's bullying too, if you can say like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with you and boost your child's self-esteem and let them know that just because you got bullied by somebody doesn't mean that that's an issue. Yeah. Well, but, it's kind of a like an arcing thing that you have to <coughs> yeah but it's also something that's necessary Seesaw. for development i think because yeah, everyone needs absolutely. a protect everyone needs an antagonist yeah i was i was just gonna say as someone who was bullied uh if my parent would have come to me and been like well it's nothing wrong with you and it's like no they definitely told me that it was it, something with, wrong with me because yeah. as a child you're yeah. not yet that yeah. mature level of intelligence yet to understand emotional intelligence especially to be able to understand that no it's nothing wrong with me it's just something wrong with that person that's bullying me no they're directing it towards you and you alone from your perspective so it's like something it's got to be something wrong with me yeah but i'm I'm kind of a middle ground on all that though um i feel like cameron in some ways where you do need that negativity that friction so the kid can learn to self-regulate can teach themselves in some way some of these concepts because it takes experience to learn them. But on the other hand, I have known a few people who've been on the extreme end of that uh, yes. spectrum. Absolutely. Right. And there's no one that's, it's not teaching the kid. It's only harming them. And no one is able to control the situation because they have to go back to school and no one's taking the other kid out of school. So yeah. that situation is going to keep happening. Yeah. So they're very hard to navigate. Like I think, that's a risk though that i would want to take because i think having the friction of other kids and other ideas with my kid hopefully you can navigate it to where they're enriched by that experience rather than to falling into the pit of the extreme examples and i think that, 
Even I think by. there's a um, there's a benefit to where there's a relationship between a bully and the bully, the bullier and the bully, bullied <laughs> and the bully, <laughs> the person who's bullying and the person being bullied. Thank you much. You're welcome. There, there's a what. Especially with boys, I think it's important that it gets to a tipping point to where maybe they do duke it out, you know? I'll tell you what, though. Just because someone's a bully doesn't mean they know it. Yeah, and, that's a good and, point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I How was, do you feel about, like, letting a child almost, like, duke it out? Like, do you think that's a, a healthy part of, a, like, yeah. a growing process? Because yeah. a lot of the things now is like, oh, you can't fight it. You can't, you can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I mean, as a child i know me and gareth even like we would fight all the time yeah. and it's like it was just a part of growing up yeah yeah and I it's like now it's it's so like bad it's a taboo like oh no you can't fight or anything and it's like okay yeah. but that's how you get through some stuff that's how you it, yeah. especially as a guy it's kind of hard to like express like your feelings yeah, and emotions like, you know you're like yeah. i'm just gonna hit you in the face instead and we're friends like yeah. and i think i think you need to learn to deal with those emotions and feelings and a kid needs to learn to deal with that stuff in a different way but fighting is not a bad option either well a as lot long of these, as it's just not it can't sorry. be the only option yeah mm -hmm. sorry i was just gonna say as long as the fight doesn't get to a point where it's no longer a fight between two people and it's one person just beating up another person That's with bullying. no mercy yeah, that would be like bullying well i'm saying like if it starts out as a fight and both parties are oh, actively okay. involved in it and then one of them is like done doesn't want to keep fighting and the other one is just beating the mess out of them yeah. and that's that's teaching the kid values yeah i mean mm -hmm. at that point someone has to step in and, yeah but current age yeah. though um a lot of the zero tolerance policy is like teachers are like oh we just need to get the kids together and get them to understand what's going on and talk it out and that model assumes that one of the kids doesn't have pure malintent right. so yeah. if there's a bully who just wants to be mean talking it out is not going to stop them and during my time in high school the, re the way that i didn't get bullied is i was just scary enough that nobody <laughs> wanted to find out no if I was scary. I don't and know if it was no scary. To mess with you. It was more of like you were unpredictable. Exactly. Like no one knew yeah. exactly what it you It wasn't like I was big and tall and powerful <clears throat> or I was hurting a lot of people. But I was the quiet, silent type. Yeah. And I had older friends. So <laughs> I was just enough of an edge to where people were like, I don't know if I should mess with this guy. <laughs> so they didn't. Yeah. Well, and you also had the reputation of your older brother to back you up yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Man, I, was bullied. <laughs> I was bullied so hard. Uh, in school growing up i was just like the big quiet goofy kid you know <laughs> same here yeah uh, i mean yeah i think i think we all were mm, kind yeah. of bullied to an extent and i, I don't know about nathan i, I like, turned out to be the bully apparently no. No. there was Good one job. kid there was one kid whose mom came to my house and gave me a talking to and i was like i don't even remember doing that lady there's yeah. only two instances she said i pushed this kid into a ditch one time i was like i don't remember there was only one instance where i had to fess up i was like i did that you know when you go to punch somebody and you punch them way harder than you thought you were? Yeah. I punched this kid in the solar plex and it took the wind oh, out of him. He almost puked on the oh, butt. So I was him. like, I can't say anything about that. I did do that. You're like, yeah, that, that was me. I was. You punched him in the jejunum. Which yeah. Did. So I'm uh, the reason I'm a fan of bullying. <laughs> I just a fan of like <laughs> the odd opinions doesn't yeah, stand behind. Here's today's odd opinion. I'm a the fan thoughts of and opinions of Cameron Lopez do not reflect upon uh, the other hosts. We're of this need a disclaimer button for that one. Uh, I'm a fan of bullying because I think kids need to get through it because it's good for both parties. You know, because the bully. If you look at bullies 
it can later be. in their life. It they, can be. Yeah, yeah, it can be a positive. Positive. It could be. It could be a positive. <laughs> yeah, but if you're if you're a target for like a group of people, like say the football team, you've wronged somebody on the football team, so they all think they're doing their friend a solid by being mean to you, mm-hmm. even though you don't even know what you did wrong. There's no positive ending to that story. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in most cases yeah. you have to have a tipping point. I mean, usually it it gets so bad that other the bully kind of realizes it and it's kind of like they step back, which is not very often. I've seen that and happen though. When yeah, every once happen, in a while. That's the that's the what you want to happen. Yeah. Like have the friction happen and then both parties like take a step back and realize what's going on and the fall failings on their side and on the other side and how to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and like, it's like um, no, go ahead. Uh, and the other one is when the bullied like steps up and kind of like takes, takes back their voice. And that's another growing point for, for a school situation, especially, but then you can have it too far and it's like, mm, yeah. you get, yeah, yeah some, you know. Some people yeah. will not back down when you stand your ground. There yeah. are some people who just want to hurt other people. Yeah. It doesn't oh, yeah, matter definitely. if you're like a strong, silent type and you get pushed into the locker, you don't say <laughs> anything. They'll just keep pushing you into the locker. Because that was, they that can. was my story. Like, yeah. People would bully me because they would just do stuff to me and I wouldn't say anything or do anything. And the instant like, you hit them back, that's just justification to continue what they were doing mm-hmm. because you hit them. Yeah. The reason I'm a fan of bullying is because my personal experience is that I was bullied so hard <laughs> for so long that I mean, nowadays, I was just broken mentally yeah, as a child and it shaped me and it made me a weaker person. That's why I'm a fan of it. I, I love being weak. I've been the butt. <laughs> I've been the butt of a lot of jokes. And, uh, I don't know, but nowadays I feel like there's nothing anyone can say there, unless you know my deepest darkest secret. <laughs> you know? There's nothing really that anyone can say to make me feel bad about myself because I've learned. I've learned from those experiences already. You know? And and it's a good thing to learn from it. But there are the cases where the child almost regresses and yeah, a lot of into their shell a lot too of kids much. Don't and it, see it the way I saw. Yeah, it, it's know? like and it it can hurt them in their development as well. So it, it's 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 a, a two edged yeah it's a two edged sword in my opinion like. Yeah, it's good for growth and character building, but it can also become a regression. Much, yeah. yeah. Well, in my case, it was when I was bullied when I was younger because I was so much bigger than a lot of the other kids, which mm. is odd. But, mm. you know, uh, it it's... Well, I had it for me, the way that you bully bigger people is words. I, I doubt a lot of people were hitting you. Well, no, they were. Uh, oh, they were? Yeah. Oh, those well, are just stupid people then. <laughs> <laughs> those were just the stupid bullies. It's fine. No, it was because I was like the the phrase, the gentle giant, yeah. you know? That's what they called me too. I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, wouldn't really fight back, but then it, I, you know, finally fought back. And uh, then it, I went too far to one side, like to say there has to be their balance. I went too far to the other side and I started actually becoming a bully of sorts but then i was like why am i doing this i don't, don't want to do that that's a progression so, that a lot of kids take i think yeah mm-hmm. it's well, it's because it's kind of like a it's a balance of power it's like if i can't be if i'm a bully i can't be bullied yeah, yeah it's that's like, exactly it, it, and it's kind of it like it yeah i'm gonna draw us back to the topic you know, oh, I yeah. appreciate Sorry. we're talking about mm-hmm. school and Cameron raised his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you, you can't see it. On I raised a my hand. audio podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 
Well, I think we're still on the pop. We're still on the topic because we were talking about how education, how to navigate school is navigating interpersonal relationships. But then to get back to the other aspect of school is the actual learning that takes place in the classroom. The The content of the education. Right. The content. That was our next point we wanted to talk about. So go ahead. Um, This is another thing I was thinking about with uh, Claire. My daughter is three. She's going to be four in April, which gives us a year to prepare for her school and is she starting preschool she's in preschool already and she's she's smart you know she the teachers say she's advanced for her age so i have high hopes and um there's a (laughs) school in town called t.s cooley have you guys heard of that yeah if they want to sponsor us if (laughs) t.s cooley wants to (laughs) they're trying to sponsor themselves (laughs) that's a good point um is that a good school I have no, no idea. I've just heard the I name. I think we should yeah, discuss like, this just... off the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, they uh, they have you have to test in to get into that school. It's a public school, but they act like a private school. But it's you have to like test in. Uh, I don't know. That's generally a good sign. Yeah, but but a big problem with me is I'm worried about the content of what she's going to be learning about in these schools. Just with everything that's going on politically and critical race theory and these everything that just happened with that bathroom situation in oh. Virginia. Did you hear about that? I was about yeah. to say, you don't need to worry about critical race theory. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's not- you're not white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, it is a well, thing that yeah. you have to worry about because it is yeah. being pushed. It's something like, well, that's okay. something that's taught in college classes and that's cool, whatever. Like, it's something important. I get it, but like little kids don't need to be, it, it doesn't a, have to be a focus for these little kids right now. Regardless of how you feel about these topics that are being pushed by one political party or the other, you have to weigh it in when you're you know, trying to think about what your kid is going to be learning in. I don't want my daughter to be places. focused so much on race. Yes. Right. Exactly. exactly. When she's just going through like first grade second grade you know there's yeah. other things to worry about because right now she sees everybody as just this the a same friend. like when she sees someone that's wearing the same dress as her like that's when she sees like you know like similarities yeah you know? yeah i agree and then as far as i think the conversation is two different conversations that as everything we do nowadays in our political parties is one side is the republicans is like oh everything about critical race theory is just white people are bad and we're always bad and black people are always victims but then on the other side, they're saying, oh, no, we just want to talk about the things we weren't talking about before, like the Tulsa race riots and stuff like that, yeah. which I see both sides of the argument. I think there's ways that you can bring things up that weren't written in the books. Like we all hardly know anything about the Native Americans aside from the Trail of Tears and landing at Plymouth Rock. That's all we know, really, that we're taught in schools. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. maybe Small you were talking about maybe yeah. you talked about, about Custer's, la- yes, yeah. Custer's Last Stand or something. Yeah. But there's not a lot. I would have loved to learn more about Native American history because there's literally thousands of tribes out there. And I would love them to learn about these races and different races through the progression of history, which is I believe that history is an important subject for school. And I don't and I don't like how they're trying to just replace it. I get that we need to teach more about the different sides of what happened, especially with Christopher Columbus. Like those. Yeah. There's a lot of dirty things that went on with him that we didn't learn about in school. I believe Look, that the they guy, should be taught about that. But the it guy was be. awful, and he didn't discover America. However, he did kickstart a bunch of people coming to America, and America got formed after just that. Just like George Washington, just like yeah. anybody. He did good things, he did bad things. That's the thing about, uh, like, all the... This might get a little political, but it's the tearing down of all the statues of the people that were founding fathers or people who are historical. We're not building statues to those people to say we endorse every single thing that they've ever done. Every person in the entire history of our planet 
has in some way or another been involved in the sins of their time because it was culturally accepted or normal at the time. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Does not mean that at all. I'm not advocating for anything that they've done or not done. We're acknowledging the good that they have done. Mm -hmm. Like when, you know, someone builds a statue to a basketball player outside of their stadium. Yeah. There's things that some of those people have done outside of basketball that are not condonable, right? I'm sorry, I just thought of the David Beckham statue that they revealed at one time. (laughs) (laughs) They made the fake statue, and he looked at it like, what is that monstrosity before me? I think that some statue should be torn down because they might have been put up for precarious reasons. Well, I understand it's, it's part of... It's part of history, though. Yeah, yeah well, but let, that, let and it's not, that's not history. That's propaganda. Let mm. Garrus finish, I guess. and then I'll talk about why I think there's a conundrum behind all that for America specifically. Put it in well, a museum. <laughs> Don't the, just get rid of it. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. That's what I was going to get to. It's, it, is ab- it is part of our history. Yes, I understand that a lot of people in specific uh, cultures may find those things offensive because of their history and their particular group's history. Who they were involved, associated with. Right, and who how they their specific culture views that person that that statue is for but we also if you tear down all the history then you don't get to learn from it absolutely so you the, don't get to acknowledge it yeah. and all of its aspects and say yes this person did some things that were positive but they also had some of these negative things and we can learn from both of them it's a teaching point almost it's yeah. almost like this person had, was a shining light for the advancement of something and it was like but Yes, he had all these flaws, but even if you have these flaws, it doesn't mean you you can't push past it yeah. and be a better person. But you still have to be critical and thinking about if the good does outweigh the bad in a person's life in the end. Ultimately, yeah, you absolutely. Know? Here's because like someone like George Washington had a lot of good, had slaves, bad. Mm. Yeah. Someone like Hitler, but, you know, he was a good artist. Some of his paintings are all right. You know? <laughs> but when you bring the, up... And he's a beautiful orator and he's good with his words. However... When you brought up, like, Washington, though, it's like, in his time, though, it, like Garrett said, it wasn't right, but culturally, slaves were okay. Yeah. Okay. It was... Quotation almost marks. Almost every one of the founding fathers yes. had them. Yeah, quotation right. marks around okay. I'm not yeah. condoning it. Yeah, but, but indentured it, servants were a thing too, yeah, where people were yes. so in depth, you were basically a <laughs> yeah, slave at that point too. It's you like just so, got treated a little bit better. It's like coal yes. miner towns. Yeah. Hey, go ahead, Cameron. I was we're saying, we we're should, off. We we're off topic. Back in. The yeah. thing that I was trying to get at is that I'm I'm considering all these things when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about my daughter's curriculum when she goes into school. Yeah, I want to yeah. say one thing about the whole statue thing and then I'll be done. Sorry. Yeah, go I ahead. was just waiting for everybody to die down on it. <laughs> go ahead. It's a conundrum for America, especially the South, because we don't have the thousands of years of history that all these other places that have statues have. Mm-hmm. So for us to be proud of somebody, most anybody we're going to build a statue to was doing something that wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's almost impossible, which just both, like all those other so other both sides are seeing something from the same that are totally justified from the same people and they're like if you remove all the people who were involved in something a little bit bad there is literally nobody left because we only have like 200 something years of history there's hardly anybody else yeah well and that's why i agree with what cameron said is making museum out of it where people can go and view these things and learn about them and you like this is why why yeah, this is why this statue was built. This is why this person was memorialized in this way. Yeah. We removed it because mm-hmm. of the 
negative mm. stu- uh, connotations associated with this person from other points of view. Mm. And still I part like of history. Statues, and I like you it. can become more educated, bringing it back full circle. You can become <laughs> uh, more educated about why this was there, yeah. what our history was. And it's important to learn about our history because you can only, the only way you can prevent something from happening, happening again is to remember that it has happened before yeah. and what steps were taken and what actions brought us to that point. So bringing this back to the school thing. Right. Well, yeah. one, one thing on that, it's like there's a quote, there's a quote from somebody and it's uh, mm-hmm. like if those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Right. And it's like if we get rid of our past, how are you going to teach younger generations like or the newer generations like what what we had to go through to get to where we are and i think that's a big thing it's like you can't you can't tell one side of the story and i mean i don't know if if school is maybe the best place for that i don't know if so bringing this back to school definitely um i do think that the history books we get taught in school are it's not necessarily that they're super propaganda. There is propaganda in there to make America great. I was but, about to say, I'm fine with propaganda if it boosts America. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely propaganda in there to make America seem like a great country and a good country, especially. Cause because that's what it is. Everybody needs to believe in the goodness of their country to really get behind it. But yeah. the problem with it is that it's it's brief. You can only you're trying to teach hundreds hundreds of years of history in one novel or book. Um, for the kid, like he's doing American history between 1500s to the 1900s, yeah. you can't tell every single thing that happened between those times. So there has to be some kind of narrative. So I think the way to counteract that, if you're going to public school or even if you're buying homeschool materials, is that the parents have to do supplemental teaching. I know it's yeah. it's not an easy yeah, yeah. request or even feasible for some people, but if possible... You need to be teaching their your I think kids school, history with that alongside that history. I think school is just an extension of parenting. That's all that it is because most of what that happens in school needs to be buttressed by parenting at home. You know, yeah, because all you're doing is doing what you should do with your child, but uh, what's the word? <laughs> Putting it on those people, on the teachers, and everything to do it for you. Because back before it's there hard, was though. back I mean, before can, school, before institutionalized school, that it was the parents' job to just teach the child whatever they knew, so that they can survive and function. But your kid was also with you in the field all day long, so that that stuff That's, was almost like osmosis. It was a little st- little bit at a time. It was now almost like tales of like. Yeah what yeah. we've done and like yeah. the past that and we've been a, through. And that's it's a like, testament to how institutionalized school has helped the population as a whole. Cause we've all gotten smarter because of it. And cause we were all able to learn broader instead of more yeah. focused in a certain, in a certain, we were able to pull all of our resources and uh, knowledge together yeah. and teach it to everyone. Yeah. So that we don't have as many, like not everyone is specifically, intelligent in this one area we have people that are broader have broader intelligence basis about different things Mm -hmm. but you can still have people that are more specialized in one area but and it's easier to build upon the knowledge the collective knowledge of society when you already know the general gist of most of the collective knowledge of society right so you can control the narrative though well there has to be a narrative if it's institutionalized because you have to have a curriculum and you have to have a structure and to have a structure you need a narrative yeah. Right. There's but always the, going to be an incorrect narrative. There's no such thing as a correct narrative. But the narrative shouldn't be about 
so much race or like exactly. religion. It should be about country almost. So you this you is, almost have to like propaganda your country more than your that was gonna anything be, else. That was going to be my next point in the curriculum things. I want Claire to have a curriculum that supports the American way. Did you see what they did with Superman? Yeah, did. how they change his logo? I don't, oh. I don't care about that. It's the <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought you were. Bringing I thought up. you were talking about that. No, that, no, they that, changed his slogan. Yeah, they changed his slogan from. Oh, it's not truth, justice, in the American way. No, no, it's truth, justice, and a better tomorrow, something like that. Which is a good slogan. It's but a, they're trying to make him. Superman a, is an American superhero. Like, he represents America. He's but from he's Arkansas, also internationally recognized now. Yeah, right. he is, but it's just that. like Goku is internationally rec- recognized as a Japanese. Truth, justice in the Japanese way. I, I <laughs> well, here's the, th- the thing. <laughs> the thing that I think you're trying to get at is something that I heard someone uh, describe it as. It's not that the new slogan is bad. It's that you're inferring by changing it and removing the American way out of the slogan. You're saying that the American way is not good. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're, you're implying. In, implicitly, you're saying that, and I don't want like the kids are going to be, they're not going to have that reinforcement of good old America, you know, America that's done good in not just our home, on our home turf, but abroad. See, yeah. I think good and not, bad. Just our like we're approach talking is about. not entirely unique. I mean, Germany has had the approach of not necessarily suppression, but they they decentivize being super patriotic in Germany. Or Everybody knows about the past, but because everybody knows about the past, nobody can be too into Germany unless it's <laughs> unless it's football. It's, you know, yeah, yeah, there's like a, you got to pick your battles. <laughs> um, but there's, I mean, there's a way forward to where America is great, and we also recognize that there are many flaws in our history. That if we look at them, we can try to change our future. But right. the problem is, is that. Um, I'm going to bring up a really brief story because I've been playing World of Warcraft. They recently had a scandal where they found out there's a lot of sexual misconduct and they fired a lot of people and they're trying to change the game, right? Hmm. But the game that they made, they're taking literally everything out of it from the past so that it's super generic now, right? Yeah. But they're not adding anything in to make it better. They're just okay. They're just going back and taking things out. And I feel like a lot of recent... Um, push for how we talk about America, especially when it comes to history, is we go back and remove accomplishments from people, but we're not here adding accomplishments to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. we're just, just all about down the removal history. and destruction. I one think. Of, well, one of the things is like, let me politically correct this. Um, Gather your thoughts, Raymond. We try to like idolize heroes in our society that maybe shouldn't be with what they are if that makes any sense if it doesn't we'll move on (laughs) no it's it's just hard to choose who to idolize especially nowadays because you don't know good and bad is such five years down the road you might find out that they had a a wayward text message when they were six years old yeah it's hard to well, judge if someone was good or bad unless you could look at the sum of their life after they're dead you know? that's one thing that i absolutely hate about like the whole cancel culture thing is that you find something out about someone from 10 years ago but and there's no thought of well maybe this person has grown as an individual since then maybe they haven't but maybe they have you have to be able to give them the benefit of the doubt yes acknowledge that they did some things that were bad said some things that were not acceptable, mm-hmm. but you have to allow 
for the possibility that that person has grown over this time. I think the Bible does a good job with this, with how it describes its patriarchs like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They were all horrible. Not They weren't horrible people, but they did horrible well, I things. This, I had this discussion <laughs> with my parents about, uh pastor just had that sermon about Ish, Ishmael. I mean, uh whatever, Isaac's brother half-brother right Esau. 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 oh ishmael. ishmael it was ishmael right the muslim ishmael, yeah. uh the beginning yeah. of the muslim nation basically the ishmael concubine's yeah. daughter um so Our that son. whole story that whole story right god never mm-hmm. once says that ishmael was a mistake or a curse and he blesses them and he makes sure that they get out of the wilderness right yeah. the only curses and negativity mm-hmm. are coming from the guys from isaac and his wife who were casting them out. Isaac slept with her in the first place because his wife told him to. Abraham. Yeah, Abraham. Isaac was <laughs> yeah, born Abraham yet. was the boy. was the boy they were about to have. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Abraham slept with the girl because his wife told him to. Yeah. And then yeah. they, she had a, the, the handmaiden had the baby that they were trying to have. Right. And then the wife is kind of like, you know what? No, I don't like this. And yeah. then they threw him out in the wilderness. And not once did Abraham go, maybe we shouldn't do that. That's so similar to the Adam and Eve story where Eve uh, convinced Adam to take a bite of the apple and what was birthed out of that had to be thrown out of the garden or thrown into the wilderness. Yeah. And so, like, my whole point, though, was that Abraham was a terrible person in that story. Yeah. He literally cast them out to die. Yeah. And they only lived because God was like, hey... Here's some water. He gave him some water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But Abraham water. also did some awesome things. <laughs> some exactly. Awesome yeah. things, you know. But then you have the guy who literally cast his own son out to die in the wilderness, has a story that follows that up right after where he is the ultimate test of faith is that God tells him to kill his son and we're supposed to believe that he loves his son so much Another that it's a huge thing. That's mm-hmm. a huge deal that he's about to kill him. But we just saw a story where he took his son and threw him in the wilderness to die, and it had, God had nothing to do with it. Yeah. He did in the end. <laughs> well, but you know what? I'm, God yeah. didn't tell him to yeah, kill Ishmael. Yeah, like what what we're trying to get the at point, is yeah. we have to acknowledge the good and the bad. I, and that's what I'm trying to. Right. That's what I'm trying to give an example of, though. Yeah, there are people who can do good things and equally awful things at two different points in their life. Yeah, and that, I. I wanted to get to this uh, when we were talking. I thought about that is um, one of the great things about the United States is the fact that we had these horrible issues, slavery. We had, it was a problem, right? Treating people as though they are less than human, right? Or not wholly human. They're half a person or whatever, you know, that they're less than somebody else. Right. But, Every other um, superpower that we have known of in history has had history, hi- issues like that. Jeez, I can't talk. Uh, issues and history. <laughs> right. Every other superpower in history has had issues that they have had evils that they have had to overcome, right? But the way that <coughs> the issues were overcome was mainly because the empire got destroyed in some way. <laughs> it, I mean, if you think about it. That was actually a lot of the idea. Uh, behind World War II, there was a lot of uh, kind of in the subconscious of everybody is that the reason everyone was able to build up better is because everything got leveled beforehand. Right. Like, 
what what I was gonna, and what I'm trying to say is the great thing about the United States is we didn't have to be destroyed. It was close. I mean, we had a civil war and we had all of this destruction and all of these problems, but yeah. we were still able to stay <coughs> a superpower and grow from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of the principles that were set in place with the founding fathers and constitution and the bill of rights. I right. think, I think so when we're coming to talk about school, what we worry about the most right now is sounding like we're worrying about how we're going to teach our kids to be proud of where they come from. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's to one thing I'm worried about. And so we think that that is a function, not necessarily needs to be a function, but that is a current function of our schools today is that they teach kids about where they come from and how to navigate that. They teach kids too much about objective fact and not about, not about. You mean subjective fact and not enough about the objectivity of like things like math well, and things so that focused, are solid facts. They're so focused on the analytics of everything and science and math and how you just like sub, substantive, substantive stuff. Is that the right word? I think, sure. I think we talked about this off cast though, is that what most schools do and especially when you get to college or trade school is it's not teaching you necessarily about the facts, but it teaches you how to think. It teaches you how to navigate the and the tools to apply and studying and researching and ways to critically think about things. Yeah, yeah it does. I don't, and I'm not saying that there's a bad thing to all those analytics and studying like how fast or how someone how fast a kid can do something or how many times tables can he memorize or whatever. You know, there's benefit to all that, but they they do that and neglect the like pride in your country so you think they neglect the i'm not saying you're wrong but you think they neglect the basics of of the pillars of what a child needs to be proud of themselves and proud of the people around them just they they, yeah that and they don't focus on interpersonal skills they don't focus on fostering like creativity create it's weird because school with school it it seems like an anti-creative environment I, I agree with that because things but, are punished when they're outside of the current current zeitgeist of what should be in schools yeah. and what should be taught. Yeah, it's, I don't know because everyone's a scientist and an artist, but school fosters the school fosters the scientist side of people really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it neglects the, the artist art, the artistic side of everybody. That's something that I think um, college and post primary education does i think they've been suffering they they flip that they don't focus enough on the science part of it (laughs) they focus too much on the art part of it but that's another topic that we'll do at a later time but um so how from a child's perspective how do you navigate through all of that i think that's really what it comes down to, what a lot of the argument in today's education has been, um, outside of critical race theory, outside of what should vaccinate or unvaccinated, outside of all the current that's another issue with current school that things, I'm dealing with is that children can't know can't know enough about these things to navigate it on their own, and it yeah. really is bringing to light the responsibility of the parent in bringing this child up and how much power the parent has really lost and sending their kid away for six hours a day when they don't see their kid or know what they're being told or mm-hmm. being asked to do. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of parents having more control of the curriculum as not even individual parent parents, but small collectives of parents in a neighborhood or in a district, whatever that 
decide for themselves. That's why I'm a fan of private schools, because you can kind of pick and choose like what's your curriculum? What's your curriculum? Like, what are you teaching my kids? What are you teaching my kids? And you can kind of if you have the money, you can pick between them. It's not even just what are you teaching my kids? It's how are you teaching my kids what you're teaching? Yeah. You know, that's the main thing that I look at is, you know, how are you going about teaching my my kids? Mm-hmm. Is your son in preschool yet or no? Not yet. No. He's uh, going to start, I believe, this next year. I was just wondering. Yeah, we're doing some, my <clears throat> wife's doing a lot at home with him. Uh, have our own little curriculum thing that he's going through. Mm-hmm. So to kind of try to prepare him and for that's it. Why, that's why I'm a fan of homeschooling too, because you can prepare the curricular for them. The thing that I have against homeschooling and why I'm scared to do it, well, A, because I can't really afford it, but <laughs> it's because I don't know everything and I don't know what it takes to develop a child, you know, what kind of <laughs> education or what well, would be best for them, you know? And it also limits the interpersonal connection and relationships between other kids. Yeah. I would, just in my personal experience, I was going to supplement that with putting her in sports or some kind of activity that she likes doing. Yeah. I wanted to do martial arts, but (laughs) (laughs) why not? Yeah, I know. I think it's important for someone to know how to struggle with another human. Yeah. Martial arts is a great way to teach that. And I want her to be able to protect herself because I get so scared when they're not next to me. (laughs) (laughs) So you should put her in like some place that has knife training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't um, know. I don't know if my son's going to have a whole lot of issues with uh, <laughs> being able to protect himself. He's pretty aggressive uh, physically. Is it, is it the number one rule of any fight to run away first? <laughs> I'm not, I know it yeah. sounds like Sometimes, a joke, yeah. but isn't that the number one rule that I've taught? It, I've been in two or three different martial arts, like beginner classes. Yeah. Every time they tell you, yeah, I think it's no matter how avoid. much you know, I think it's to avoid fighting at all costs. So yeah, it's yeah. most of the time run away. But I think kind of like I've heard though, like if someone has a knife, one of the major reasons, and it, it applies oh, to yeah. all. One of the major <clears> reasons you run away because even if you know a lot about knives. Any knife fight, you have to go in knowing you're going to be stabbed. There yeah. is no avoiding it. There's yeah. no perfect way that you can go through this thing. and not, like There's no Hollywood moment. You will be stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if you are the most accomplished knifesman in the world, mm-hmm. you're yeah. going to be stabbed. It's so crazy Steve, how fragile goal. humans are. <laughs> it's like, it's like some animals get a big old shell and some have their skeleton on the outside of their body and some got fangs and claws and whatever and we just... Like you, get so, a, you get a sharp enough stick and we're done. Dude, we're you know, so weak. We're done. Bringing that up, though, um, I think that's part of the problem with a lot of... In, in college, you get a little bit more, but you also get the reverse of this. But I think in school, one of the problems is they don't teach people, our kids, like, we could be wrong. Yeah. They don't teach kids that this could change... They do it in like the, my AP classes. I think just as- Occasionally, I had teachers tell me that. But on the regular classes, the ones that teachers didn't really care about because it was just all the average kids uh, you see and they never teach you that this might change in two years yeah that's think, an issue no i think they do teach that in science because part of the scientific method is to constantly think that you're wrong and try to attack your idea like they why teach am i wrong you why the very wrong? first time they don't, you hear they about don't the instill it method. into them deep enough to realize how much of how much of a I don't know, like how how I can't see your hands is. on the mic. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like how important it is to realize that you could be wrong. I don't think a lot of kids get that, and they don't drill don't it into them enough. You understand when you go into science, you go, "Oh yeah, of course." When it comes to science, this could be wrong, but 
when you go to math, you're like, well, this just seems so certain. There's never going to be wrong. And oh, then yeah. when you go to history, they don't say that. They're not saying the same thing they're saying in science class. So you're like, well, this is exactly what happened because it says it on Wikipedia and in this book, and there's no way that this didn't happen. Yeah. The one thing that I've always like that I've heard is history is written by the victors. So whatever you read is from the perspective of whoever won. That's a good point. So, and um, it's like it it doesn't make it right, but it makes it what we know. It is what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, like that's it. And what was the next point? And There's, to go back to yours is like I don't know. Teachers don't get paid enough to care. To care, yeah. And that's a huge thing that we have to deal with. Because even the ones that do care, I've seen so many teachers be broken by classes that just don't care. Don't care to engage with the teacher. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I've seen teachers put their full effort into it, but because they weren't, their parents weren't controlling them when they were at home, and no, and there was no nothing the teacher could do while they were up there. I've seen a teacher go from fully blonde to full gray hair by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. sounds like a joke, but it actually yeah. happened. They have a a side-by-side photo gallery of presidents when they went into office and when they came out. Every single one of them had gray hair. Mm -hmm. Gray hair by the time they came out. Yeah. So to kind of, one of the last points we wanted to discuss is, you know, as we were kids going through our schooling and education, uh, we wanted to bring up some of the teachers that had impacts on us you know, situations that we have experienced where a teacher has impacted our lives and that it's stuck with us. So why don't we just go ahead and go around the room uh, if anybody has one. Ray is doing his level best to not be seen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll go with a lighthearted story because a lot of my teachers, um, maybe there there were brief moments where they affected me that I don't quite remember, but... Overall, I can't really remember a teacher that was like, man, that guy really impacted me. However, I remember my uh, high school, I think, or was it middle school? I literally can't remember. I think it was middle school. Um, Homeroom teacher. So you go to homeroom means all these kids from different classes just come together. They hear the school announcements, and then you're sitting there for like 30 minutes (laughs) waiting for whatever. I never knew what that 30 minutes was. All the other teachers getting ready for what they got to do. (laughs) So until you go back to your actual class to learn. So I had a homeroom teacher named Mr. Anderpont. I remember he played guitar. I don't know why I remember Mm -hmm. that and why he had a guitar in his class that he played for us. But um, (laughs) I learned there was Battlestar Galactica, the re-release, like the new series had just come out. And he heard somehow, I told him somehow in the first homeroom class, that I like sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And so for the entire time that he was my homeroom teacher, this is several years, <laughs> he would tell me every homeroom what happened on the last couple of episodes of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> so I went through four seasons of the show, never having watched it, knowing exactly what was going on in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> That's cool. That was cool. He so, gave you the cliff notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, during that 30 minutes, he wasn't... I mean, the kids were just good enough that he didn't have to, like discipline him yeah so he was just talking to me the entire time that was that was my entire homeroom <laughs> whenever you said battlestar galactica i just thought of the episode of the office where he's like bears beat battlestar galactica yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's messing with jim's messing yeah. with dwight yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry it's such a good show um do you have one right yeah i do actually uh when i was in high school i had a civics professor who mm-hmm. i would like literally 
like sleep through his class. <laughs> was and it a coach? No. Oh wow. He was actually uh, it was Mr. Hudson. Oh. Uh, he was an older guy, and like we would have like quizzes in his class, and I would get done with them first, and we would just like talk the whole class period, and people were like, "Why do you talk to him?" And it's like, well, because first off, like I don't feel like I'm a part of your age group. <laughs> oh, 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 you were that kid, huh? Oh. So edgy. <laughs> and it's like I'm mature for my age. And I would go like that was actually the first time that I've ever listened to uh, Crash Test Dummies. He had it playing one like one of his wow. office hours, and I walked in and I was like, "What I'm is this? I'm cool. I'm the cool teacher." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it sticks with you like the people who you kind of converse with, like as a more of a. Yeah, it's a just, friend almost. Like you almost had a real relationship with them, not a teacher. Not like a student. revelatory like, moment of knowledge happens. Yeah, it's you know? just. Yeah. So there was this when I was in civics. I was we went to the same school with me and Ray, but I was a couple of years ahead of him because I'm old. Because he was and, actually uh, mature for his age. Yeah, he was. You know, in the I was mature just, group. My age was older. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the maturity thing, but uh, I had Coach Vignair. He was an older guy. And he was hilarious. He was awesome. But uh, this one chick, and I won't say her name just because. Uh, <laughs> we'll call her Sarah. Yeah, we'll call her Sarah. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he would. She was like very um, preppy, but and you could tell her parents kind of treated her, did everything for her. Um, sheltered. Yes, sheltered. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but she she was just kind of whining about something one day and he stood up, slammed his book on the desk. He didn't talk a whole lot. He would just kind of get worksheets and stuff and he would talk when he had to, but he stands up, slams his book on the desk and he hollers her name. He's like, Sarah, nobody's going to do this for you. You got to get through this on your own and just sat back down. (laughs) 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 I was like, wow. Okay. But, she it, it helped her i could Did tell she, do like, it? she actually i could tell like the change in her face she it sunk in a little bit yeah so which was big for her i like and, how your uh, big teacher moment wasn't <laughs> that a teacher told you something is that a teacher told someone else something and that was your big teacher <laughs> moment. <laughs> no i had another one um when i was in algebra two i had uh teacher coach g he would always play awesome music in his class and ray is nodding because he remembers him yeah. There was a... Um, he hated freshmen. <laughs> he did, yeah, with a passion. Uh, <laughs> but I was... Uh, I would never, like, show my work when I was doing math because I would do a lot of it in my head. And not that I'm, like, supremely intelligent or anything. It's just that's how I got through the problems. If yeah. I started writing it down, I would mess myself up. You'd slow down too much. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't show my work. Well, then he was... Uh, he would always write all, uh, on my tests like you have to show your work because that was one of his big things and I was like I tried to explain it to him I, was like, I can't it, if I slow down too much and start writing it out I mess myself up so one day he brings me up in front of the whole class and he uh, writes this problem down on the board and it was one of the things that we had just learned and uh, he goes alright do this problem how you would do it I was like okay so I did the problem and I got the right answer he goes okay erased it wrote another problem down do this one okay so i did it on the board and he's like okay he gave me another one same thing 
And then <laughs> after that one, he erased all of it and he turns around and he goes, you don't have to show your work on your test anymore. <laughs> I was like, seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then everybody in their class was like, oh, come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's because the, no, see, the that's whole, how- whole point of showing your work, though, is that the teacher can see if you're mm-hmm. doing something minutely wrong. Even if you get to the right answer, they need to make sure the building blocks are there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and think he that's- watched me do it and work through it in my head and, you know, the steps I was taking and doing the problems. So... He was uh, one of the other guys. Was like, "This messed up. You can't. You're gonna make us all show our work, but he don't have to." He said, "You want to come up here and do a couple problems?" He said, "No." He said, "Okay, show your work." <laughs> That's a good example of how school should be and how, if you can standardize teachers, you know, to all be good to their students and like get to know their students and personalize their education as they flow through the system, but still have the standardized course the standardized way like showing your work because that it does build a lattice for kids to grow on you know yeah well and then one of the things he did sorry some kids just don't need it whenever the class was over he he said hey stay behind for a couple minutes i said okay he said all right we went through this you don't have to show all of your work but i would really like for you to meet me halfway and show some of it just so i can make sure you're doing it right like you said yeah, and uh, I was like, okay, I can do that. <coughs> See, I think that's part of what. Coming back to what Cameron was saying, part of the contention is though, is that teachers don't really have that discretion anymore. It's becoming so much more standardized, and they're getting so many more students that they don't get that one-on-one time. That yeah. the government or the state or whoever's dictating the curriculum has a lot more control than the standard teacher does. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. a lot of these mm. teachers that they bring in, they're like, oh, they're teaching new ideas and they're doing this are teachers that are like in private schools or have smaller classes and are able to spend Mm -hmm. that extra time to do all that stuff. I think to be a teacher, you have to be incredibly, incredibly creative and incredibly caring or a mixture of the two. But the generation of teachers, maybe the generation of teachers that is coming out just aren't (laughs) either. I think creativity is messed up by our phones and just the, how much we immerse ourselves in technology it affects how creative we are because you spend more of your brain time looking at other stuff than actually doing things with your brain and the knowledge that you have and And also with the technology and science i think people just get more apathetic and more i mean i hate to say capitalistic but and (laughs) not just with money but with thing or whatever materialistic it kills the uh like the creative side of you because like you see a movie and it's like oh look how cool that was and it's like, but you didn't have to like, first off, if you read a lot, you know that your brain has to fill in a lot of the gaps, mm-hmm, right? Your brain has to kind of like make it like make this world. And that's what writers are so good at most of the time is making the world like almost seeable. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, and that's the biggest thing that we're losing right now is like, nobody has that imagination to see it anymore. Well, that, because we're being told it. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like you're, you're being shown it. Yeah. So every think- time, oh no, go ahead. Oh, with teachers, you have to take the structure that you can get from a standardized course and you have to be imaginative on top. You can't just rely on it. It's just it's for the it's just like for the children. It's just a backbone, a building block. And if you just stick to it, I mean, it's boring and no one the kids aren't going to be interested. But if you're a creative person or if you're someone who really cares about someone, you're going to find a way you're going to find a way to make it saliable to that person. The problem is, is that with the standardization, especially when it comes to English, because I've known a few teachers that have this problem, is the book list and everything become way smaller. 
and maybe there's a book that the teachers themselves are invested in they want to teach the class about but it's not on the approved book list so they can't teach it and i'm not talking about controversial stuff like huck finn was way back in the day <laughs> i'm just talking about teachers read, read something that's new out on the shelves a few months ago and they're like this would yeah. be amazing to teach my class but they can't because the standardized tests are all multiple choice and they're all built for mm. a certain number of books and none of those are what she wants to teach yeah, yeah. and it's not an approved reading yeah and all of that and also if they do do that the books that are out there right now are mostly crap like mostly what you go through <laughs> on the bookshelves like it's a it's literally wheat and chaff and you you slip through it and you have like this Two inches of wheat and like three feet of chaff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, books, I'll, I'll put this out there. Books have always kind of been like that, except more people used to read. So you had a little more discernment about what's going on in the literary space. Yeah. And what was being sold was able to be more niche because mm. more people were buying books. Now people are just buying books on Kindle and they just buy what's on top of the 100 seller list because mm. they're shorter. <clears throat> you don't want a 500 page epic most of the time. You want mm. like a 200 300 page books so you can be done with it and move yeah. on to the next one and it's just with the common consensus of society right now just the books that are being churned out are just all all the self-help crap, books just garbage, and the yeah. non-fiction biographies that are just you're still living man mm. why a book is so consequential because so, it could be a teacher or a parent that like reads this book and teaches it to their kids or to the group of kids and then that's these how people I grow up with this premise in the bottom of the brain that like oh you know Bringing it back to the parents, two two is three. that's how I got a huge head start in school is my mom would read me a book every night and it wasn't a kid's book. Yeah. She would read Louis L'Amour, which is adult <laughs> fiction, which was amazing because wow. it was friendly enough for kids. Not super friendly for kids. Nowadays, they would shoot my mom for reading it to me. But it was friendly enough for kids, but it was also complex language that I was learning. And then she let me read a few chapters. And then she'd read a few chapters, and then I'd read a few chapters, and eventually I was just reading the books on my own. And I think that might be a, uh, an issue as well, is like we we try to shelter kids too much, I think. Yeah. Like, nowadays it's like, oh, you can't do that because, and it's like, but that's how we were raised, and we're okay. Like, we, we uh, turned out okay. <laughs> I don't like that argument. Too, we're still I, alive. I don't like uh, the <laughs> argument, I was raised that way, and I'm okay, because most of the time the people saying that, are not okay but plus, nobody's plus really the environment way. shifts constantly like the world the world we're in now is totally different from the world that we were in when we were kids but your value shouldn't yeah true i think kids should be exposed to nebulous ideas like death and violence and everything it's just the way that you expose them you don't drop a dead body in front of them and give them the shock of their life <laughs> but not? at the same time you is can that, is that a bad thing at Should the we same not do that? time <laughs> you can let them see someone hitting someone else like some of these people yeah. that don't like it was like the outrage against kids watching tom and jerry mm-hmm. hitting each mm-hmm. other you can't see a lot of that but then the thing that blows my mind is like this early childhood education is trying to remove all mention of violence of gender of anything yeah. that could be even remotely controversial to the child reading it but then you have this huge shift when you get out of that age range, you get to 11, 12 years old, suddenly you got stuff like that yeah. was on Cartoon Networks a few oh, years yeah, ago. Uh, remember was that Sailor show, whatever? Sailor Moon. No, uh, it was it was, <laughs> it was like Ren and Stimpy, but for that era. era. Yeah, like I Just mind-bogglingly weird stuff that even as an adult messes me up. Like the first oh, with episode... Oh, with the blonde kid with the square head and the dude yeah, with the long nose. Yeah. Whatever. Like the Maybe first yeah. episode of um, <laughs> Adventure Time. Oh, God. One of the I love first that episodes show. With yeah. the elephant. 
Oh um, yeah, with, uh, with her in the with, force. What's her name? What's Dude, tree trunks. I don't, I don't know what was going on in that episode, but I felt weird after. I don't think I any of us 20- knew what was going I was a, on. I was a 28 year old man, and I felt wrong after that episode. Hey, <laughs> if you to the to the viewers out there, listen to the listeners. Go watch Adventure Time. That's a good show. It's if not that great. Adventure Time wants to. Look, I like I, it. <laughs> it's funny. It's I, my kind of humor. I don't agree with that. I do think it has it's good humor, but overall, I think the storylines and stuff from Rachel, the story, the story runner, overall are pretty messed up messaging, in my opinion. Well, the the main storyline is the basic hero myth. It just does it over and over again in different ways, and then does it's, a grand narrative on the hero myth. There is no real the whole hero series. myth. Okay, so what happens is, is all the heroes end up being. All the heroes end up having their backstory changed so that they're not, I mean, all the villains do, have their backstory changed so they're not villains anymore, and most of their past misdeeds are literally just wiped away, yeah, and then all of own. the hero characters are suddenly removed of their heroic t- her characteristics, like Princess hmm. Bubblegum, and have become terrible people, and it's a reflection of what happens to oh. most things in modern life, I was gonna which say, is why that I don't a like, like a lot of <laughs> Rachel, I think her name, last name's blossom or bloom or something i don't remember her last name the writer a lot of her stuff is like that oh sugar rachel sugar rachel sugar a lot of her stuff is like that where it's so focused on being gender norm uh breaking gender norms and all that other stuff that it literally destroys the characters okay i will admit that propaganda does slip into the art a little bit but it still is good art no 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 no. it's a good show a lot uh, of her propaganda. Think, I think okay. they, they do push their limits a little bit, and they do have some weird messaging sometimes. But overall, the show has a good message and a good her, wholesome message. The characters are good, and development of all the main the development of all the main of characters episodes. from season one all the way to the end is actually they all have really good arcs. Fifty percent of her episodes. I know you're trying to defend this, but fifty percent of her episodes made me feel bad afterwards, and not because I recognized something that went on. It's after I finished watching the episode, I felt bad. Like something was weird about this. Episode. Okay, maybe, had, maybe she that's was true trying because to I'm tell a little sadistic as a person to that. begin with, and like I like things that make me feel bad. I you do know? like. Well, like <laughs> sometimes I'll hear something and I'll just be overcome with sorrow, and then after that, I'm just like, oh, oh, that was good. Let's I do like it again. <laughs> Let's do it again. I do Getting like the, the first joke I ever yeah. heard from Adventure Time, and I'll never forget it. And I don't know why. And speaking of why, it was the why wolf yeah. joke. <laughs> We're we not, not werewolves. We are wild. We're why wolves. Oh I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. The one that made me laugh so hard was when there was one that there was a deer that was stealing all the candy and licking it and putting it in his cave <laughs> and making like a big candy, whatever. And so Finn finally gets down there and he confronts the deer and the deer looks at him and he's a little candy sidekick and he looks at the candy sidekick. And the deer takes off his hoofs and he has these little fingers and he just goes <laughs> with them. And it was so, just, for, for the listeners. I he does just like little my jazz hands. Jazz fingers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't disagree that she has great humor in there. It's just the overall arcing story made me feel weird, man, and bad. It it's, is also supposed to be a cartoon. It's a strange take on but the that's, hero but myth. That's but be, I like that's it. supposed worse. to be a kid's yeah, cartoon. And if I feel bad as an adult watching it and not even knowing why, I don't want my kids watching there's, it. Yeah. There's something beautiful about a cartoon for adults because it's so oxymoronic. Is that the paradoxical yeah. something? And it's just like what there's something words? there that's just so right to me. That it's just it's a it's a perfect way to get a message across. I do, but agree. it shouldn't be on a. I shouldn't kids be feeling channel. that way about kids something channel. that's on yeah. a kids yeah. channel. Though well, uh, it's there's like a big, Family There's guy. a big difference between Family Guy and Adventure Time, though. True, but it, at the same time, they they aim for the same same art audience. Yeah. No. No. Sugar no, they don't. purposely. Uh-uh. 
aims higher than small kids, but she's always on a kids network. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her other show, uh, Steven Universe, whatever. I never got into it. it they weird. said that was really good. I mean, it's no. everything that I didn't like about Adventure Time cranked up to eleven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it has a good <laughs> with story. amazing music. I'm they sure amazing. This music. Rebecca Sugar girl sounds like she knows how to whip up a story, so I'm sure it's good in that regard. But all the stuff that she uses to pile on top of it sometimes becomes too much. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, she's good with premises. She's good with jokes individually, and the music that she has most of the time is really great. I yeah. never gave my teacher a story. Yeah, go for it, Sister Kathy Jardine. I went to a, a church school, private yeah. school. So Sister Kathy Jardine, she was, she was my teacher from I think second grade to fifth grade, something like that. Uh, and she was a teacher up until I moved over here. <laughs> Yeah. Right, so she's been a teacher for a while. She taught my brother, who's like ten years younger than me. Um, I don't know. One story sticks out in particular. We were doing some kind of a test, and we were just supposed to write on a piece of paper answers to the questions. But I put a heading on it because I was, I'm, you know, I'm a creative type, an I just, overachiever. Yeah, is what yeah I just put you. a I put a <laughs> heading on it, and I put. Um, I think I put social studies, and so I answered all the questions, but I spelled social studies wrong. So she took me and she says, "Cameron, come here." So after the test, she put me in the other room. She's like, I want you to write social studies 150 times. I was like, what? I was, so I I wrote it, but I put a heading on it. I put literature. <laughs> <laughs> and I spelled literature wrong. So then she did it again. She was like, Cameron, you spelled literature wrong. So I want you to write it 150 times. And I was like, I don't know. But, why? but ever since yeah. then, like, I, I was all, I've always been, I've tried to spell things right from the get. And, like, I've always tried to pay attention to the details in, in, uh, in yeah, just in the way things are spelt. She so she helped make you more aware of the details and things that you're doing. Yeah, I think she might have been one of the so teachers that started me on my, <laughs> on my journey towards uh, words. I love words. He's an a werewolf. A werewolf. So, <laughs> so there was a a thing that they sent out for a company, and it was attention to detail, but they put ADT at the top of it. <laughs> no, and it was like you can't. Like, you cannot do that as a company. Like, that is the one thing that's like, okay, this is an attention to detail bulletin, and you you spelled ADT, right? Like, it was yeah, like ADT instead of ATD. You switched the letters and in the acronym. Like, <laughs> it's like, don't be dyslexic now. Yeah. Nope. Maybe nope. that was on purpose. There you go. He made it. He I'm did. sorry, he everyone. That was, yeah, he got to, it, guys. Have done he found one of them. To be fair, there's a lot of buttons. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to learn them slowly. Yeah. Well, so random fact: a narwhal tusk is actually a tooth. It's the same type of material as its tooth, really? so that's what grows out of it as a horn. It has over 50 million sensory organs or like sensory places on it as well. And they can tell what it ate, how it was like raised, like from the horn now. What? Narwhals. Narwhals. What is that animal? I'm trying to find it. it it's, a, uh, it's a type of a pig in Africa, I believe, or maybe uh, Southern Asia. But it's tusks grow, they grow through it back is, into yeah. its head and it, they actually will die yeah they'll die from if they the don't growth. break them off what is the name of that animal but that say, I don't that, say anyway, that one more time it's a it's a type of pig where its tusks grow and they curve back towards its head and it actually will puncture its i skull. think that's most warthogs um anything it's any, one specific type where it's actual like every single oh, one of them of it? it's a breed that will 
penetrate its skull and actually kill it. I can almost guarantee it is a domesticated breed. No, nope, um, it's actually wild. Because, well, I mean, that's the way it is with domesticated sheep, that they'll die if you don't shear them because they'll get so much wool oh, that they yeah. can't handle the weight, and if they fall over, they'll die like a turtle. <laughs> like, they'll starve to death because they can't right themselves. Yeah. And so that, it, like, the tusk growing back into its skull, I guess it's like cats. If you don't give them, like, a scratching post, their claws get too long. So if they don't use it enough, it'll just continue to grow. It's supposed to make up for the loss of the tusk they get from using it to root around and stuff. But if they don't root around, it'll just grow back into their head. Barbarossa. Barbarossa, yeah. Yep. Wild-looking animal, by the way. If y'all want to look it up, it's a Barbarossa. (laughs) This wild animal (laughs) looks wild. I know, right? You know, I heard something about it, and they were talking about how, like, humans have kind of evolved past the point of, like, maybe we shouldn't pet that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there was a story about a guy he was on a vacation in australia and there Perfect. was there was a warthog that came onto the oh man. like onto the place and he was like oh it's cute you know like i wonder if i can pet it <laughs> and it was like okay first off that's not no everything that, in australia wants to kill like, you like you shouldn't pet it <laughs> it's like but i guess because it was on the property he was like oh it's it's nice and he went to pet it and it was all <laughs> and it was like oh uh, he's standing on the table like <laughs> he's like somebody help me dude like, they're they're like, pretty yeah. aggressive they can gore you to death could you imagine though you have a part of your body that naturally if it just grows to its full extent will kill you like it well i guess we I have wonder, that i wonder with, what the one but, body part most guys would love that uh, well <laughs> well you know <laughs> that one will kill you if you, <laughs> you don't handle it correctly yeah. but anyway uh, so you have a quote for today cameron uh, you ever seen the guy with the longest fingernails the guinness book of world yeah, records for the longest fingernails yeah. Yeah, he is disgusting <laughs> that's disgusting. what that reminds me of because so, that's, that's what grows the longest right mm-hmm if you don't cut it, I don't know. If you don't cut your fingernails, yeah. My quote of the day is from C.S. Lewis, and I actually I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't find it. It's just one that I heard a while ago. This is a common theme for I know, I know. That's how I live my life, dog. By the gist, <laughs> paraphrasing quotes. Here we yeah, go. My life is just a big <laughs> gist. Um, it's uh, if you knew the weight of the glory of the person sitting next to you on the bus, you wouldn't be able to help but bow in front of them. Hmm. something along those lines it's just talking about the divinity of everybody you know i had the exact opposite thought as you were saying that (laughs) like someone took a huge dump in their pants (laughs) but that's still that person was because you said the weight that's what i thought that person knew the weight of the divinity (laughs) (laughs) if you if the person next to you even takes a poop on themselves and falls over into it they're still divine under the law you know if they were to yeah. kill a person, they would be treated a lot person a lot different than if an like an animal killed a person. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. an, an animal kind of, generally does so in defense or out of necessity. Yeah, and that the the divinity that the law gives us actually comes from God. I think we've had That's this discussion, discussion on the podcast yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, so I like that quote. Yeah, is that similar to um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <Yeah. laughs> is that similar to you never know? Uh, never judge another person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Sure, yeah. It's similar, I think. It's like you don't understand. What if I'm too tired for a the, mile? <laughs> Can I walk mile? like... Well, you're walking. A though. fourth 
fourth yeah. of a mile maybe just mile. from yeah. the end of the maybe. street and back i guess that depends on the shoes as well <laughs> like if you're trying to walk in these i think that's part of the point though. six inch stilettos <laughs> <laughs> what if you no. had to walk a mile in a stripper's stilettos <laughs> that's got, a good topic for another why day why it gotta be stripper <laughs> Because hey, hardly everyone. anybody else wears six-inch stilettos these days. Well, I'm glad you know that. Uh, <laughs> Another fun fact. Did you know Another. that high heels were actually invented for males? Yes, Whoa. I did, actually. <laughs> yes, I but did, initially, actually. <laughs> initially, they had a wider base. Yeah. They were more like flats than they were yeah. high heels. Yeah. yeah, they were more like a... Alexander Hamilton wore those in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's, hey, man. Hey, hey, man. Have you seen the, the production meme? Hamilton? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I can't remember he what didn't wear them. He, he was did. dead. No, he did. The person <laughs> playing that him. was basically Hamilton. <laughs> Lin Manuel. I really like that. Miranda. That's, that's a that's another good. That's a good Broadway show for sure. Broadway wants to sponsor mm. us. If they hey, man, <laughs> everyone, the whole of Broadway, Broadway wants to all of Broadway. <laughs> brought to you by the audience. Wait, wait, <laughs> would y'all go to Broadway with me if I went to Broadway? If it was sponsored, hey, absolutely. Man, I love I love a good Broadway show. Not if show. I was on Broadway. I'm not trying to dream here. I mean, in real life. I mean, in real life. We saw the right show, yeah. Yeah, that's what's the right show to you? Hamilton. Hamilton. Only Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) The show with the most limited run out of all the shows on Broadway. Stomp. I I want to watch Stomp. I don't even know what's out. Honestly, Cats. I've always wanted to see Wicked. I I heard that's good. My parents said Wicked was really good. They watched it in Houston. Yeah, my parents did too. I've heard that was really good as well. I wanted. I know the whole soundtrack. I've never seen the show. <laughs> that one song in there that uh, Leah Michelle sings. I forgot the name of it, but she did Pop a really good Bueller. job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, to everyone out there, you are full of divinity. You are special. You are kind. You're full of it. You. You was kind. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring us back down. Yeah, right? There you go. Yeah. Divinity. You're full of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Nathan, do you want to go ahead and take us out of here today? All right, we out. Let's go. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. thanks, everybody, for coming to the show. We're going to pretend like this is live because, you know, in the future, if this ever pans out, we might want to try and do (laughs) that. If it ever pans out. Yeah. (laughs) We're gold diggers out here, man. We're going to keep doing it. It's during the gold rush, so who knows what's going to (laughs) happen. Um, So thanks for coming and listening to Ray, Cameron, Gareth, me, Nathan, on our Odd Opinion journey. And if you'd like to contact us, all the information will be down below in the description. So uh, please let us know uh, some of your Odd Opinions as well, and maybe we'll get them on one of the shows. So nice talking to you guys, and uh, see you next time. And guys. Later. later. But guys and gals, man. That includes both. (laughs) It's a general Oh, you said guys first? Oh, you're generalizing everyone? (laughs) You want to grab me? Bye, everybody.